The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for the next level of leadership? It's going to be here before you know it. Today's leaders need the skills, connections, and savvy to become top professionals in their fields. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet people who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, my name's Maureen Metcalf, and you're joining the Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations series. Today, we're talking to Steve Terrell. He's the president of Aspire Consulting, a management consulting firm that specializes in developing leaders' capabilities that are necessary to consult across the globe, and he does this through consulting and training. So he is also the co-author with me of the Innovative Leaders Workbook for Global Leaders, and this book provides practical approaches to walking leaders through building, the again, the leadership skills necessary to lead in a fast-paced global organization. And one thing that's interesting here is Steve's very focused on action learning and helping leaders not only learn the tasks they need to do in a global leader role, but also who they need to be as a leader to be effective. So he, he is quite competent and has excelled in both of those. So today he'll talk about his experience with designing and delivering programs that help leaders thrive globally, not only talk about the leadership development, but also give some very practical skills for you as the listeners to walk away with, to either apply to yourselves or to others in your organization. So that leads us to my goal with the Voice America series is to provide valuable information to leaders and emerging leaders to prepare you to work in this dynamic time in which we currently live and and an environment that is going to become more dynamic rather than less. So the question is, as leaders, what skills do we build today and continue to build over the course of our careers so that we can make the impact on the world that we aspire to make? And much of that means that I, as a leader, need to continue to focus on building my own leadership skills, not just be good at the the work of my business. And for most of us, we're working crazy long hours, so taking time to develop myself is often the first thing to go, and yet it is so foundational to being effective as leaders. So my request of you is take one or two things you hear from Steve today and experiment with them. Try them out, see if they work. Tailor them, refine them to work in your environment. If you want to work globally and you're not yet there, and Steve suggests the behavior, how might you refine that before you take on a global assignment? So even if you're not currently working in a global leader role, you may still hear some suggestions that you can take on that would uh, qualify you to be more effective immediately. So let's shift to Steve. Um, Steve, tell us a little bit about how you got here and how you became 
a, a global leader guru? Huh. Well, I don't know that I'll claim the, the guru label, but thank you for that. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm happy to be here and to share a few few minutes and some thoughts with you about leadership and global leadership in particular. Uh, so I have been, uh, I, I have what I would call a checkered past. I, um, That's what I like about you. Uh, well, I've had a lot of different experiences and worked in lots of different kinds of organizations. And uh, I started working in with a, a bachelor's degree in music composition. I worked in the state correctional system for 10 years and, and uh, kind of played that out. And I got interested in leader development while I was there. And I parlayed my experience and training and development into a job at a bank. So I worked in banking for 10 years doing leadership development. And then after 10 years of that, I was done and ready to go do something different. And so I landed in consulting. I had gotten very interested in consulting. And so for about 15 years now, almost, I've been doing consulting on my own for the most part uh, of those 15 years. And I got very interested in seeing what was happening in the world uh, around me and the, the impact of telecommunications and computers and world travel and uh, this tremendous advance, acceleration of global globalization. And so I got very interested in globalization and that global leadership and have been trying more and more just to learn more about this and uh, engage with organizations that have global leaders and they don't necessarily have to be gigantic global firms to have a global leader uh, in their in their midst. So that's that's an interesting thing. So if we have listeners who are interested in global leadership but think they might not qualify because their organization is not uh, like a a hundred thousand person organization with fifty locations around the world, that's not the criteria. So there's still there's still ways to become. Uh, more effective and to grow and develop as a global leader. Well, you and I both work globally, and we both run small firms. Yes. So, as a good example, many of us now at least interact globally, even in relatively small organizations. Absolutely. I, I, my my best experiences are with uh, my global network of. Fellow consultants such as you, Maureen, and, and others who you're, you happen to be based in the U.S., but I, I have a, a number of really great colleagues who are located in uh, the U.K. and in Germany and in Singapore and in Australia, where they're, they're everywhere. And uh, there's a certain set of things that, if we all know to do, will enhance our effectiveness. And as we go through our conversation today, I, I hope we'll touch on those things. Well, that's certainly the intent is I'd like for people to leave with some concrete examples that they can try out. Mm-hmm. Um, since leaders have worked effectively domestically, if I am somewhere in my career thinking about my next step being a global step, whether it means living abroad or taking on a role with, with a global project or a global uh, reach, mm-hmm. What is different between working domestically and working globally? Well, the, the, there are a few key differences. Um, uh, uh, I just thought of a, a friend of mine who I just uh, be, 
became friends with this man uh, recently. He's a former uh, Defense Department employee who now works for a, a, a firm that's headquartered in the UK, but he lives and works here in, in Virginia, where I am, and his job is to deploy resources around the world to either fight piracy or to keep American uh, business interests safe. His job is completely global, and he never leaves his home. And he's, he's not someone who pilots a drone uh, to attack some evildoer somewhere, but he has a role similar to this. And, and so his, his job is kind of epitomizes uh, one of the unique kinds of global leadership roles that exist today, whereas you don't have to leave your home country, you don't have to speak a different language, you don't have to uh, adapt to local customs because you haven't left your local customs. <laughs> so, uh, but the, the, the things that you have to deal with are multiple countries, multiple time zones, languages, national cultures, and organizational cultures. And if your job involves your normal day-to-day -day work, involves leading other people in an organization, it, and with that scenario in mind, multiple countries, time zones, languages, cultures, be it national or organizational, that's you're you're in a role for, as a global leader, and and so you're you'd be well well prepared, to, uh, to well advised, I guess, to keep in mind that if you have that kind of a role, uh, effectiveness in your home country doesn't automatically translate to another country. It could be due to country culture differences, it could be organizational culture differences. It could be a number of things, but as an example, uh, the things that you do here in the U.S. to make yourself effective will not necessarily translate over to another country. So, for example, you may find that in your organization, the, the approach to solving problems or leading is that you have to be a take charge, get it done leader. Uh, and just imagine how that might be received or per perceived in a country such as Japan or Thailand, where opening, openly challenging established authorities in order to get something done would not be seen uh, very positively because people, uh, leaders are most often silent in meetings and groups of managers in those kinds of cultures seek, tend to seek consensus and leaders try to avoid drawing attention to themselves. So it's, it's kind of opposite the style of leadership that is very highly valued and prized and looked for here in the U.S. So global leadership can be differentiated from domestic leadership in those ways as well as, as several others. So that means as a person aspiring to a global leader role, I would need to understand a lot about the culture of the country or countries with whom I am working and be agile in my ability to shift the way I function, maybe from hour to hour. I may be on a phone call where I need to figuratively pound my fist and then on another phone <laughs> call where I need to demonstrate mm. finesse and building consensus. Yeah, I, I think the adaptability you, you talked about there is, is very, very important. Um, I, I did some research on to how global leaders develop, and it was very interesting to hear 
uh, the people that I interviewed for this research talk about what they did that they made them effective, what they did that, that didn't work, that, that caused them problems. Uh, and and I, I'd say dissertation? this. I'm sorry? And this is your doctoral dissertation, yes? Yes, this is, this is it. And uh, across the board, the thing that tended to work most and to be the biggest insight for people uh, some got it right away. Some had to have it beat into them a little bit, I think, through your experience. But it was uh, it was uh, humility. Uh, Americans, and all my interviewees were not Americans, but this this uh, I encountered this whether they were American or not. Uh, going to another country and assuming that you know the answer, uh, you were sent there, uh, so obviously you must, you have a job to do. They must want you to do something. They trust you. You've been successful. Therefore, you do what you're going to do, what you've always done. And there were a number of near disasters and, and uh, failures and major setbacks that, that pulled people up short, and they... To their credit, many of them reflected and got the, the message that, uh, you know, a big bad American doesn't always know everything. And it's time to sit back and, and learn from these so-called, uh, they're, they're not necessarily like uh, third world countries, uh, but, you know, lesser developed, or at least in the eyes of a, of a stereotypical American manager, they might be lesser developed. But uh, that was very insightful for them, and, and I, I learned a lot from hearing them talk about this, that they, they needed uh, experiences where they, they had to fail or, or step into something and then figure out how to work their way out of it. And that happened. I heard a number of stories like that. Where the experience itself caused them humility or where their lack of humility caused failure or both? Uh, I think both. You know, I, I there, there was uh, one gentleman who, who went into a Southeast Asian company and tried to drive. You know, here here in the U.S., we would say we want leaders to drive change. Mm-hmm. Well, good, yeah, good, good luck with that going to Southeast Asia or China. Uh, that's a very American concept, and uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be. It's not going to go well. So I, I'll, I'll just uh, give me your phone number and I'll visit you in the hospital when you, you know, you're recuperating from your beating uh, for trying to, you know, you're, you're, you're leading. Maybe this should be a new crime, leading while American. Uh, you know, you can, you can get arrested for driving while hippie or driving while whatever, maybe uh, leading while American in a foreign country. And, and, and people had to learn these lessons the hard way. But in some cases, uh, they went into situations, and uh, some of them were a little smarter. They had had a little bit more insight, a little bit more mindfulness to them, uh, a little bit more awareness, and they took the time to, uh, I I guess they used what I would say is is maybe either insight or sense-making. They connected some dots early in the process where they might have made a small uh, misstep that didn't cause any damage or harm, and they saw the reactions, and they immediately adjusted and fine-tuned. So this whole idea of uh, being highly emotionally sensitive, highly self-aware, highly socially flexible, 
these things are tremendously important in any global role. Okay, so so this is what we would traditionally call then a lot of the emotional intelligence capabilities. There's a, a lot of that, yes. I, I think that there's uh, what, what I called, after having reflected on the results of the research, I'd say the big, the foundational capability is, I think, is a, it's a learning mindset. And what I mean by that is someone who has an attitude and, and a kind of a stance towards all, all experience, every experience they have or will have in their life, they, they are automatically looking at that as, all right, look at this. It's another opportunity to learn something and grow and develop. It's fantastic. They have this open mind and a positive attitude, and they're receptive, and they're just, they're just dying to get the next lesson. And because of that, they tend to see things more positively than others. And, and I, I also saw a couple of examples where that just didn't, didn't work out. But, yeah, so this attitude of openness to experience combined with emotional intelligence type attributes and characteristics. So I would, I would agree with what you're saying, but uh, maybe say it slightly differently in, in order not to get bound up in the emotional intelligence construct. Hmm. Well, and that emotional intelligence is maybe a subset of this. It's not the same thing. Yeah, I, I think there's there's aspects of it, and you know, I think emotional intelligence is about self awareness and, and relationship management and self management, uh, and there are certainly huge aspects of that. They take on a little bit different tone or tenor when you're in a in a global. Uh, leadership kind of a of a setting or role. Okay. Let's take this moment to go to break, and when we come back, I'd like to hear more about a learning mindset, and specifically, if I don't happen to have one, how do I build one, or is it just born? So at this moment, we'll go to break. This is Maureen Metcalf with Steve Terrell, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations, and we're focused on how to build global leadership competencies. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guests today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, this is Maureen Metcalf, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Welcome back to our guest, Steve Terrell, whose focus is building global leaders, leaders and their capabilities. So before the break, we were talking about building a learning mindset. So Steve, help me understand a little bit more about what might I do if I, don't, if I wasn't born with one. Ah, uh. <laughs> That's a great question, Maureen. Uh, you know, I, I came across this idea about learning mindset in my doctoral research, and what I had discovered is that the people who tended to have the best experiences as global leaders and to learn the most had this attitude that seemed to more or less predispose them to be open to new experiences. And they, they seem to just have this attitude, yeah, this is great. I'm, I'm dying to get into it, and I, I definitely want to grow and develop uh, every way I possibly can. So, you know, your, your question is, and I've heard this a number of times, is if I don't think that I've been born with this learning mindset, uh, what can I do? So, um, you know, I, I think it's interesting. I do think that there is some truth to the idea that we're born with a, a certain angle. We, we focus on some things by naturally, and we don't focus on other things naturally. But the good news, I think, about learning mindset is that it's a, because it's an attitude, you, and you can gain self-awareness about this, you can adjust and you can adapt. So it's if you have a learning mindset, you're going to see opportunity to learn in every aspect of your work life. So here's a, here's a few simple things. And Maureen, tell me if you think this would work for you. So every morning before you start work, ask yourself, what is my learn? What do I think I can learn about myself, about my work, about my customer, or about the subject that I care most about from my, my experience today? Have that be. I would. I would call that a pre. A preflection. It's like you're setting yourself up for the end of the day, when I'm gonna. When I'm gonna encourage you to say, okay. So, at the end of the day, Maureen, what did you learn about yourself or your work or your customer about what you're or, or what you're excited most about? So, if you just had something simple like that, would that help you? Would you be able to do something like that to just ask yourself those questions? I do. I I actually do something similar. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly what do I want to learn, but I do ask myself what outcomes do I want for the day. So what are my intentions? Mm-hmm. And what is learning? And okay. for someone who can be consistently doing new things, like this radio show, I certainly go into it with a bit of trepidation about will I be good enough? And I'm assuming most people do as they're trying new things. So it, it seems like I'm able to manage my my own concern, mm-hmm. so that's part of the EQ of my own inner conversation and being aware of when I'm not having a, a having an unhealthy conversation. But then the other <laughs> is working in an organization that's also supportive or having mm-hmm. to, uh, that I would call you and and talk to you about what what's going on 
do we do we build mentoring systems as well, something like that? Yeah, I think there's all different kinds of ways that you can uh, build a learning mindset or a learning oriented environment around you. So yeah, I think there's lots of different words or ways to describe what I use. I call it learning mindset. There are other people who have similar concepts, so they 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 focus on. But it sounds to me like you're doing a lot of the right things. Uh, you know what? What I would encourage you to do, and I hope you're doing this. I think you probably already do. Is is you know, you know forget about the, the judge judging about am I doing this right? And because that's what what good is that? Is that going to help you, or is that going to maybe hinder you and make you? Is that a, is that a guilt trip? What, so the other way of thinking about that is, that, did it get what I want? Did it get me what I wanted? And what can I do differently going forward to get more of what I want? So an objective measure, rather yeah. than a I'm hard on myself, but I need some measure, yeah. right, to know if I'm yeah. I don't know if I'm doing a good job. Yeah, I think I think those. You know, yes, I think people like that. Different people have uh, different preferences of what they want that's helpful to them. Some people would hate to have an objective measure. <laughs> so whatever <laughs> works for need you. Need objective best. measures. <laughs> okay, so you in our book we also have some other competencies specific mm-hmm. to global leadership. Can you share those with folks? And non-judgmentalness happens to be one of them. Yeah, I think that there are a a number of global competencies that can be easily measured, and if if you understand where you are on these things, then uh, that gives you a way to to think about your own development going forward. Uh, The most effective global leaders, as we've just talked about, tend to be non-judgmental. So it's not about going into a new culture and thinking about who's right and who's wrong. And one of the examples I referenced earlier is about that, where some some of the folks I I interviewed went into a a country and an organization, and in essence, they were judgmental. They They were there thinking that they were there in order to fix what was wrong, and uh, the only problem was nobody else thought that that was the case. <laughs> so he had, he had a big aha when when uh, everything started going down the tubes, and thankfully he was able to overcome that non that judgmental attitude and, and pull back significantly. And related to that, I think there are a few other things that are that are very key uh, in the same domain as in, inquisitiveness and curiosity. That's something that I've found uh, people who I've interviewed and, and people that I've worked with who are very effective cross-culturally have a high degree of inquisitiveness and curiosity about other cultures and how people think and how they do things and why. And, and it's, it's not because they want to uh, fix them. It's because they they value the diversity of the experiences and of the people and of the values and of the ways things can get done. As you might expect, you know, uh, I think that, well, let me ask you, Maureen, do you think, would that lead to somebody who has a high tolerance for ambiguity or who just can't tolerate ambiguity at all? You know, what's fascinating to me is people who are tending to demonstrate these characteristics are able to step back and appreciate how do all these pieces go together and, and mm-hmm. so they don't 
the same need for control and precision and exactness. Not that they're yep. less concerned with quality, but they have more of a tolerance for things to unfold in unexpected ways. And I want to say appreciate it. Not when things go quote wrong. I don't know that most of us really have an appreciation, but an ability to quickly recover. And if I see it as an experiment or a puzzle, it's a much different response that I have than if I see myself as the leader as a failure. Mm-hmm. So it's an experiment to be refined or an abject failure that I, I have to recover from. My emotional mm-hmm. response to those two is quite different. And I can tell you it's a whole lot easier to recover from a poor experiment than absolute failure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I would uh, agree with that for sure. Yeah, I, I, what I hear you saying is that there's an element of adaptability and resilience that comes into play when you're dealing on a global leadership level. And so you're working across cultures, people who are very different from you, they've had very different life experiences, and maybe things go wrong. Maybe things don't, don't help you reach your goal and you're concerned about how that might reflect on you. You know, what I, what I found and what I believe to be true is that the folks who are, they're, they're also not judgmental about themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they can be emotionally sensitive and self-aware. Uh, they have a, a strong self-concept. And they can have a high degree of resiliency. It's like, okay, well, something went wrong. All right, so what do I take away from that? Okay, good. Now let's go forward. There's not a lot of dwelling on the, the negative and beating oneself up. It's, it's a lesson learned, and I won't do that one again. And so here's, let's, let's keep, keep moving. One of the biggest uh, statistics that I use when I teach resilience is five minutes of negative self-talk causes six hours of physiological impact. So that inner conversation where I'm beating myself up, that inner judgmentalness of myself, not of somebody else, immediately causes me to go into fight and flight mode. And physiologically, I'm now flooded with these hormones that cause me to be less effective. So just to reinforce the magnitude of impact of judgment of self versus Mm -hmm. I'm evaluating myself against the measure so I'm not being airy-fairy and and absent uh, (laughs) on results. But Mm -hmm. I focus on results. I learn what I can. So back to your learning mindset, I Mm -hmm. take corrective action without beating myself up, and then Mm -hmm. we go forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've mastered this, Maureen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no? Worked with me long enough to know that it's a working process. I was, I was, I was going to just ask you to sign up for your coaching program, but okay, fine. <laughs> I guess that is what we don't know we teach. So, it, yeah, it is a daily practice, and maybe that's what I'm going to bring up. And I'm, I would assume you have a daily practice of several of these things, because many of us aren't born with nor taught these things. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. When I first 
uh, went into business for myself as a consultant. I, I took some time to think about what I thought would make me successful. And I have hanging in, I have a closet that's right behind my desk chair, and I just open the closet door, and I do this every now and then, and I look at this flip chart page that's hanging in my closet on the, <laughs> on the rack there, and the success factors are optimism, persistence, adaptability, positive attitude, creative, insight, and helpful perspective. And I, I, I have to remind remind myself of these every so often because it's not necessarily a flow experience all the time, but these are the things that I also heard from other folks when they were uh, uh, describing what made them successful as global leaders or even as domestic leaders. These were the kinds of things, the self-management and the relationship management kinds of attributes and competencies that, that make the difference between uh, effectiveness or ineffectiveness. I wouldn't say success or not success, but I think these are effectiveness or not effectiveness. Yeah, because I think we've probably both worked with people who were successful in title and mm-hmm. effective. <laughs> to bring the results that, we... Yeah, no, no names shall be mentioned. And we all aspire to be the effective and successful... Yes, well, I, I certainly do, and I, I know you do, and I'm, I'm sure our listeners in the radio show do as well. So give me some more of the, the specific characteristics. We've talked about uh, learning agility, learning mindset, some of the mm-hmm. competencies. Mm-hmm. Are there any that we have missed? Uh, you know, I think... Some of these were on, actually, it's kind of interesting. I had not done this until right now. Look at that, my, my flip chart list of the six, my personal success factors from 15 years ago. <laughs> There's a number of these on, this, on, my, on my current list of competencies that I would say these are what make global leaders effective. And that happens to be uh, so coincidence, actually. Uh, but I think that there's a couple of other things. You know, this, uh, having a global leadership role even if you're never, if, if you never have to relocate, if you never have to travel, if you never have to uh, have an assignment overseas, and certainly if you do, there is a lot of stress, and it puts a lot of pressure on individuals to adapt and to learn and grow and, and to figure out how to do things that they didn't know how to do before, and so to the degree that someone can have the ability to manage their own stress, that is a huge success factor. And that's, that can be improved and managed. And so I'd say if, if you're concerned about the impact of a stressful job change because it's global, I think that's fair, but it is manageable. And a lot of that gets back to the resilience then, the, the manage my physical eat, sleep, exercise, those things that replenish me. Mm-hmm. And my thinking that we've talked about, mm-hmm. a sense of purpose, reason for doing yeah. what I'm doing, and relationships. Who do I call? Who's my phone a friend? And in a global role, having people who are in the country where you either need to influence or where you have moved, you need to, need to develop relationships locally so that you have friends on site who can help you. 
Mm-hmm. So, so help would look like thought partner, sounding board, advising. Oh, uh, you know what? Oh. It could be as it could be as simple as this. I need to get a driver's license in Germany. I don't speak or read German. The laws and regulations are very different. What do I do? How am I going to get over this? I need a driver's license. Mm-hmm. You need to have somebody who can help you do that. <laughs> you can't do that on your own. Okay. Perfect. So let's go on break again. This is Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Our esteemed guest today is Steve Terrell, and he's talking about building global leadership capacity. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hi, welcome back. This is Maureen Metcalf with Steve Terrell. The show is Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. And today we're focusing on building global leadership capacity. So, Steve, we've talked a little bit about um, learning mindset. Can you give us some examples of how that might look and how one would build it? Absolutely. You know, one of the the best examples, the most vivid examples that I can recall from my own research into how global leaders develop, I had an opportunity to interview a couple of, a few folks actually from Avon, uh, they're a global firm with thousands and thousands of people all over the world. And the, the uh, story that comes to mind is uh, a gentleman and his colleague who both were from Brazil and were assigned to work in New York City. Uh, the gentleman was very excited about it. He was so thrilled to be working in New York City. He was so positive and optimistic. He was full of curiosity and just loved every aspect of the experience, loved the food, loved the 
the sights and sounds and the pace of the city. Loved his job. Loved his. He was just nothing. Nothing bad could possibly happen in this guy's mind. And he told me a story about a colleague of his, a, a woman who had the same role, was also uh, sent to New York City on a developmental assignment. And her experience and reaction, were apparently from the way he told it, was exactly the opposite. She hated everything about it. She couldn't stand being far away from home. She missed her family. Uh, and the, he, he gave uh, example after example of her unhappiness at being in New York. But the, the thing that was most vivid to me about the story that he shared was she she was she couldn't understand why the waiters in these hotels and these restaurants rather were in such a hurry to get rid of their customers because she would finish a meal and the waiter would present the check and she was insulted. It's like, oh my god, why are they why are they pushing us out? Oh, her cultural expectation was we sit and we talk and we drink and we have fun and when we're ready we call the waiter over and ask for the check. And yet the simple difference of, a, of cultural styles and, and ways of operating led her to be highly offended. And it was one of the big elements that, you know, it's, it's the straw. One of the straws broke her camel's back. And she couldn't, couldn't adapt, couldn't adjust. And in the end, she didn't have a learning mindset. She wasn't open to experience. She she uh, couldn't see opportunities to learn. She couldn't cherish and say, oh, wow, look how different this is from back home. Ha, ha, ha. It was, no, this is terrible. I hate this. So that was a great a living uh, example to me of a difference of a learning mindset versus not having a learning mindset. So the compare and contrast is he's optimistic, he's excited, he's finding yep. the best even presumably in some of the challenges that he had. And yep. she's judgmental, not curious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had an attitude attitude of discovery and of exploration. He wanted to take it all in, soak it in, and uh, he had a, a, just a, an intention. It was like, I am going to learn every everything I possibly can from my opportunity here to work and live in New York City. And I wanted to go to dinner with him, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> he's a great dinner partner, don't you think? Yeah, he sounds like a good guy to hang out with. Mm-hmm. And even more, having supervised projects where when someone comes back, every conversation is complaining versus mm, yeah. someone who comes back. Yeah, I've kind of walked away with at times thinking I would be willing to work with someone who is not quite technically as good but low-maintenance. Yeah. Rather yeah. than someone who is more technically competent. Now, certainly I don't want incompetent, but someone who is <laughs> is just easy to work with, isn't complaining all yeah. the time, isn't finding mm-hmm. problems. They're happy, mm-hmm. they're pleasant most of the time, not, not again, um, over the top, but mm-hmm. just positive and constructive goes a long darn way. Well, you know, there, there's a, a segment, a sub, maybe a sub-segment of, leaders or managers in organizations who would say, I really don't care if you like this person or not. They're brilliant. They have insights that nobody else has. You need okay. to suck it up and, you know, like they could beat you with a two by four <laughs> and you just have to listen and take it because they're so good. 
And I would, I've actually lived through a couple of those opportunities. <laughs> and I would say I still disagree with that. I think that there's more to be said for your advocated approach there, Maureen, than it is the other. So, Thank you. It, 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 because we have worked together and we know some of those experiences, we talk about, again, the, the way I am being and the things mm-hmm. I'm doing leader, and much of your talks about, much of your work, uh, like mine, talks about how I'm being. If I'm mm-hmm. being optimistic and easy to be around, it, it, being contagious, it helps people around us, which, again, these are tough experiences. We're working in different time zones. We're often away from family. We're working yep. long hours. We're working with someone who is positive and pleasant is a whole lot, it makes the entire experience easier to navigate. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. So how do we do this? Again, this sounds like they're not things that are innate. You gave the example earlier of uh, the practice of what do I want to learn today. Can mm-hmm. you, if I call you tomorrow and say I'm, I'm talking to Avon and they want to build, expand on their leader development program, what mm-hmm. would you look at? that would create these amazing leaders? Well, I would say that there are uh, some things that individuals can do, and there Mm -hmm. are some things that organizations can do. And and I think, you know, for for now, we're focused mainly on individuals who are interested in developing themselves as leaders. So I'll focus on that a little bit. You know, I, I I do think that, taking the time to develop a high degree of self-awareness about your own strengths and development needs. And, and I would dare say, yeah, in some areas of the world, the using the word weaknesses as a leader is, is kind of verboten. Nobody wants to talk about that. But I do think that we, we can all have weaknesses, areas that we're – maybe there are uh, things that – if we're not careful, they could derail us because their uh, tendencies of behavior or personalities that under certain kinds of conditions, we can injure ourselves by injuring others. And so uh, developing that kind of awareness of where, what are you, who are you as a leader? How do people perceive you as a leader? Uh, what are your greatest leadership strengths? What are your biggest leadership vulnerabilities? And I'll say this, it's probably not enough to do a self-assessment, an inventory, just to sit down and think about it and write a list. Because we all, every single one of us, and if there's somebody listening to this saying, no, I don't, then this is directly for you. (laughs) Uh, You do. You have uh, a tendency to believe the best about yourself and to forget about the failures or the scripts or the mistakes that you made, because I did, I do that. Maureen does that. Every single human being on the earth does that because we want to see the best and remember the best about ourselves. And the sad reality is we have areas that we're not all that great. So don't just rely on your own opinion. Ask other people. So you maybe that means that you sit with a coach and, there are ways that a coach can help you be truly very honest with yourself and about yourself. Uh, maybe it's uh, Maureen. Maybe it's uh, 
your maybe your spouse or your your significant other, I don't know who it is, but someone knows you and knows aspects of you that and they're willing they're willing to tell you the truth even though you may not want them to. That truth could be that truth could be your your greatest asset. So go for that. Try to try to really understand and then and then once you understand more uh, then with all humility, you, you need to say, okay, wow, that really hurt, or wow, that was really awesome. Thank you for that. I really value and appreciate that insight. Now what? What do I do? How do I get better from where I am today? Because everybody needs to get better from where we are today, and we all, I think most people probably want to, and people listening to this show, I hope, want to. So there are a few things that we might think about for a, glo- a budding global leader or somebody who's, who's maybe already putting their toe in the water. It doesn't have to involve moving from somewhere in the, in the United States over to Bosnia or to South Africa or to uh, Beijing. You don't have to take drastic steps to get ready. Or, but you can take simpler steps. Uh, look for a, a lower risk uh, in, Situation. Maybe it's an action learning program that your company offers that you can raise your hand and say, I want to do that. Or there's a task force that involves global work or at least reaches across from your, from the U.S. or wherever you're located to another country. So you have at least some cross-cultural element to the work that you're doing. And these are the things that you can use as learning opportunities. So, so something like I could do a 360 assessment or some kind of interviews going back to the gathering data. Yeah, okay. I, would, I, would, I would definitely go beyond a self-assessment. There are some good self-assessments, actually, that will get you valid and reliable data, but it's, it's, your, like, it's all your own data. It's all about you. So get somebody else's perspective and get the insight of a professional uh, like a, an executive coach or a psychometrician, a psychologist who works in this area, because they'll they'll have access to data about you that you would have no other way to get. So that's why why I ask about something like a 360 assessment, where I'm yeah. getting input mm-hmm. from others, either quantitatively or qualitatively. Yes, abs- absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then in. In the work that I know that you do, you've talked about, so, so there's myself as the instrument of leader. So I learn about myself, what are my mm-hmm. opportunities for development, and especially mm-hmm. if I'm taking a new global role, probably have plenty of them. And then the other is learning about the culture and the, how the, the specific organization operates or, or how mm-hmm. my role will function. Can you yep. say a little bit about how I would learn about that stuff? <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting. It's actually fascinating to me that we still have global organizations who uh, think that the best way to uh, manage a, a new assignment to a global role is to use the sink or swim approach. And I'm just astonished that companies are so arrogant or oblivious that they actually do that. But if you're in that situation, and there could well be someone who's in that situation, I highly recommend uh, reaching out to, there's any number of organizations who, who do 
uh, cultural education, and, and if you don't have access to uh, resources where you can do that, learn about the country and the culture. There's tons of, of resources and information available on the Internet about the cult, country or culture that you're either going to move to or be working with. And, uh, and then find out who in the company that you're going to be working with or maybe even leading, who they are. Call them up. Start a conversation. Say, hey, I'm, I'm, I don't know much about what, what your country's like. I'd like to learn about it. Can we have, have a regular set of conversations for two or three weeks before I show up? <laughs> that would, that just the fact that you reached out and that you asked and that you sincerely engaged in, a, in an effort to learn, you will be so far ahead of the game and you'll be learning. You'll be in a great, great position by just doing those things. So it again sounds like that building relationships, being positive and constructive, really sets me in good stead with my new colleagues. Very well could, yes, absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to summarize a little bit of what I heard and please correct what I've missed. So to be effective, this idea of having a learning mindset, I should be curious. I should have mm -hmm. some global competencies and these sound like the, the six that you read off, not only global but local, being optimistic, being curious, being tolerant of ambiguity, being confident, certainly, mm -hmm. being mm -hmm. flexible, that I should have some kind of relationship management skills that, I, that I'm interested in you, I want to understand who you are, again, back to the curiosity, and that I'm going to flex how I behave to be sensitive to who you are and what will allow both of us to be successful. And then I also need a level of self-awareness, and this is where you've talked about taking assessments, working with a coach, and understanding where I need to develop myself so that as the instrument doing the leading, as the leader, that I am the, the best person I can be along with having the best skills I can have. Is that a fairly comprehensive list? I think you summarized it very, very well, Maureen. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so let's then wrap this up. This is Maureen Metcalf and with Steve Terrell talking about building leadership skills. You can learn more about this on our blog, uh, com. And we will have a blog post with some of Steve's work coming out of our workbook. As we started the show, we talked about listening for areas where you can experiment yourself, irrespective of where you are on your leadership journey or your global leadership journey. So picking one area or two where you may experiment. So maybe it's with self-awareness. Maybe it's learning another culture. Maybe it's practicing with a colleague so that you can demonstrate the, the cultural relationship skills that you may not have. Or it could be finding a mentor in that country, as Steve's talked about, to help you through basic questions as well as the more complex ones. So please do select something to experiment with and let me know what you learned. Please email at info at metcalf hyphen associates.com. I would love to hear your feedback and read it on the air. 
Thank you for joining us today. Again, this is Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Thank you to Steve Terrell for an insightful conversation about building global leadership. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.